from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Secretary General of NATO just said a few minutes ago that peace in Europe has been shattered and we now have war of a kind and a type that we thought belonged only to history. Yikes. That's something. Live from Studio C. It's almost as if history repeats itself, senor. A dimly lit room deep within the uh, bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Vladimir Putin, who just threatened to nuke the United States, in effect. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a big thing. How you doing if you're uh, just getting up or turning on uh, radio for the first time today or whatever? It happened. Russia has full-on invaded Ukraine. That's funny. Putin said over and over again for months that he wasn't going to do that. It's odd. Yeah. So one of the emerging uh, star pundits of this story has been this McCall fellow who was the ambassador to Russia under Obama. Man, he was emotional last night. and He might be emotional this morning because he is up all night long. I was up all night long watching the coverage. I know he was up all night long. But uh, he, he said people have got to stop this conversation about what Putin's motives are or will he do this or what he do. He's not. He doesn't look at the world we do. Quit applying your thoughts or views of things to him. Wow, that's good. There's that's good no stuff. point in that. Yeah. And I think he's right. We yeah. have no, The world has no idea where that, I'm looking at him TV right now, where that near 70-year-old man's head is right now. Having spent the last two years, I just read about this yesterday, most of the last two years basically in a bunker. I don't know if he has comorbidities or he got COVID and had long-haul COVID or what, but he hunkered down way more than any other world leader and just was like in a hole with a couple of close advisors for most of the last two years. Who knows what's going on in this guy's mind? Well, and this is a guy who went in as a reptile, as he's been described by many people, shark, reptile, pick your your cold-blooded and or blank-eyed beast of, of choice, but... If he went in that cold and lacking in any sort of human compassion, what did he come out as? Um, Many things to bring you up to speed on if you haven't been following this story. But let's start the show officially because I think that will help get us into it. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this historic day, Thursday, February 24th. The year 2022, new you and 22, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially now according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. There is no purgatory for war criminals. They go straight to hell, Ambassador. So what was that? Well, we mentioned earlier this week that the United Nations, which is laughable and has been laughable for a long time, they rotate around who's on what committees and who's in charge of what committees. Do you know who controls that security committee right now? The freaking Russians. The Russians have the gavel in the security committee. So the Ukrainian ambassador says to the Russian ambassador, as you heard right there, basically you're going to hell. You are going to hell for this. 
And the Russian who runs the meeting said, meeting adjourned, hits his gavel, it's over. Doesn't have wow. to respond. Doesn't. There's no more conversation from any other countries because he gets to run the thing. That's and the rest just, of the brave ambassadors sit around and say, well, there's nothing we can do because he's the chairman. It's their turn. It's his uh-huh. turn to run the thing, so I guess the meeting's over. The That's, vaunted Security Council that we're always hearing about, an emergency meeting has been called. So that's the way. So when, as you just, uh, I just quoted the guy who runs NATO about how uh, peace in Europe has been shattered and we're seeing war of a kind we thought belonged only to the history books. Well, the only body, global body, designed to deal with that, the UN said, well, I guess we can't talk about it in our meeting because Russia's in charge and they said the meeting's over, so... What are you going to do? There you go. There's the great <laughs> hope for your global future. The UN going to impose their uh, utopian will on everyone. Anyway, another, back to Ukraine. Another damned interesting wrinkle in this is that Putin in his speech that, I mean, man, they coordinated this tight. He said uh, he ranted and raved. And then as soon as it was over, bombs started falling. I mean, like somebody was, you know, had a switch and was ready to press a button or whatever. As soon as Putin finished speaking... But he mentioned they're going to denazify Ukraine. What the hell are you talking about, crazy old lizard man? Denazify Ukraine? What? He actually dropped N-bombs, Nazi bombs, during his speech. Well, keep in mind the Russian history with the Nazis. Tens of millions died in World War II. If you're not familiar with that aspect of World War II, you ought to be. Uh, and, and so he is justifying to his people the wholesale slaughter of whatever in Ukraine, because they're Nazis. Just and like just like half-wits from American grad schools call everybody a Nazi they don't like, Putin's given that a try. We got to grab the clip from uh, MSNBC because that uh, former Russian ambassador was on. He said, Zelensky's not a Nazi. He's a Jew. This is crazy. And yeah. it is it is pretty crazy. It is crazy. And uh, if I might, I want to uh, elaborate on the opening in which I said uh, Putin had threatened to nuke the United States. He wasn't quite that direct. But he said in his rambling 30-minute speech, whoever tries to hinder us, and even more so, to create threats to our country, to our people, should know that Russia's response will be immediate. And he said, growing increasingly agitated, because world leaders always do in speeches, hmm, it will lead you to such consequences that you have never encountered in your history. I hope that I will be heard. Yikes. And he's not like those Middle Eastern leaders who are always talking about the mother of all battles and blood running in the streets. Uh, no, he tends to go the other direction. I take this more seriously. Yeah, so he, he is threatening the world that, hey, I'm a nuclear power, and that will be the response if you get in my way, which is a heck of a thing. So, as I said, I stayed up late watching this last night, history unfolding on TV, just amazed at the way we get information in the world now, because it's not that many years ago when this sort of thing would happen, you would have read about it in the newspaper the next morning and then got your next update on it in the evening news 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you can watch it in 4K HD sound from every part of Ukraine immediately as it's happening. And uh, it was pretty striking, the visuals there in Kiev, as I was expecting, the fact that the city looks like any American city. It looked like... California traffic as everybody was waking up. The attack started at five o'clock in the morning, Ukraine time, and it was a very sleeping looking, sleepy looking Kiev when it began. 
but it just slowly started to wake up, and you'd see somebody jogging to the ATM, and then somebody in their car driving pretty fast down a city street, and then within uh, 45 minutes, it was a traffic jam, like a big American traffic jam, looking exactly like it. Kind of cars we drive, with people dressed like us, um, on streets that look like ours, and just sitting there in traffic trying to get out of the dang town, and looking very panicked, as you would be. Right, right. Who knows when the bombs and serious missiles are going to start falling? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Russia, well. Russia media is uh, uh, misleading their own people, which is, you know, that's that's uh, par for the course. That's what you do in a war. Our government told us during the first Iraq war that our Patriot missiles were blasting scuds out of the sky. We didn't find out until years later that our Patriot missiles were almost a complete failure. It's fine for the, uh, you know, to lie for strategic reasons. But um, Russia was announcing all these things. And I saw Richard Engel. He's in one of the coastal cities on NBC uh, last night. And he said, Russian TV is reporting of a beach assault in this very city, I'm looking at the beach. There's nobody here. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So well, trying to f- figure out what actually is going on is difficult. I'm, I'm uh, informed that Russia is cranking out fake videos and putting them over all over social media as well, trying to win the propaganda battle. Yeah, I so saw. So that's a new aspect of warfare. I saw the videos more of the claiming uh, there's genocide with all kinds of bodies stacked up and everything like that. Who knows where they came up with that video? It's freaking Putin, so. Might have been doctors who opposed him during COVID or something. But, uh, yeah, they had some pretty gruesome videos. And then there was another report, geez, probably about midnight, as I was watching last night, that the tanks were rolling across the border. And I thought, holy crap. Um, And they were announcing that it's only about a two- to three-hour trip for the tanks from the border to Kiev. And I thought, I might stay up to see how this turns out. But then they announced that uh, there were no tanks crossing the border. That was another false Russian story. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first casualty of war, et cetera, et cetera. The number of planes, helicopters down, troops killed, whatever. Wildly changing stories. You just have to wait. If the uh, second biggest nuclear power is run by one guy and that one guy threatens to use that, I think you ought to take him seriously. We'll be talking about this throughout the show, among other things. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's okay. Still coming together, honestly. I've been uh, focused on the unfolding events in Europe. Be happy that you live in the United States, and there is literally, I think, zero chance that this happens in your lifetime in the United States, which is uh, nice to know. Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was corrected by reading a report from the BBC. Russia has the biggest nuclear arsenal in the world. I thought we did, but they still do. And uh, Putin seemed to have threatened that last night when he said that anybody that gets in Russia's way, it would lead to consequences they have never seen. I don't know how else you would take that. Other than a threat of nuclear action and some sort of clown attack? I don't know. I agree with the take that uh, anybody who thinks this is clearly going to be confined to Ukraine and there's very little chance of it spilling into anything else, it's just not paid attention to world history. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that's unlikely. 
But the idea that that's not on the table? Boy, there have been a lot of wars started and went a different direction. A lot of them. Right, absolutely true, and we're beefing up NATO along the eastern flank, and so the opportunity for uh, misunderstanding, accidents, etc., grows by the hour. Or maybe Putin's crazy. Yeah, wow, wow. Megalomania is a certain kind of unhinged in which you're pretty functional, but your sense of proportion, your sense of uh, your ability to exercise any sort of wisdom to calculate costs and benefits gets skewed. And you probably in a you know, and there are plenty of examples of this uh, historically speaking. As a dictatorial leader, you become even scarier to your followers, and so they don't dare even speak up any uh, voice of uh, uh, dissent. It's like the famous scene from the bunker there in that uh, the Hitler movie that everybody parodies all the time, where everybody's just terrified to even say, uh, "Steiner's not coming." He's totally bogged down and can't get here. So, anyway. mail. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Sticking with Lincoln, one of the greatest wartime presidents. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves, and under the rule of a just God cannot long retain it. I hope we hear that sort of thing out of President Biden as he's going to address the nation today. As the great Kevin Williamson said, every time Biden speaks, he sounds like a grandpa trying to understand his new phone. Wow. And that wow. is uh, unfortunate during this uh, crisis. That's not exactly uh, Reagan or Churchill there, is it? Oof, mailbag. Woo-hoo! Tom in SoCal, praying for peace, says, I only have one phrase to describe my opinion of the current global situation. Let's go, Ivan. I hope the Russian people will take up this chance. Oh, boy. LGB! Yeah, I'm not sure that would help. Joe Biden doesn't have the power to push in the gulag for chanting, let's go, Brandon. Uh, Tim writes, I'm watching live videos of Ukraine being shelled. I got to admit, I'm just plain effing exhausted from living through so much world history as a 30-year-old trying to raise two kids. But I know I get four hours a day. You guys helping me break it down and understand it. Some sort of solace, at least. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome, Tim. God, we, we maybe at some point, uh, maybe this is not a good mental exercise, maybe at some point ought to go through all the things that have happened in just the last couple of years that I never thought would happen in my life. Oy. There's a long list. You know, yeah, it makes you long for the, the opposite of the Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. May you live in placid times. And you have to invent things to be uh, stressed about or angry about. You know? I mean, I, it's as simple as I was talking to a guy yesterday, a obviously very, very wealthy guy. But anyway, um, uh, never in my lifetime did I ever go to the grocery store and what I was looking for wasn't there. Now it's regular. Yeah. I mean, just things like that that just were unimaginable. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, this is a note from uh, John. Left California for North Carolina. Love it. Ah, another defector. Still listen every day. Uh, great. I was talking to my wife about an article I read in USA Today about the inner core of the Earth, hypothesized to be super ionic. I mentioned to her that it was probably because of the immense pressure in the core of the Earth. Without batting an eye, she said, do you mean true international, but the pressure? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sooner than I suffer depression. That's funny. I love her so much. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's nice, John. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, let's see. Moving along, uh, Turlock Holmes writes, Hey, Rubes, I know Ukraine is dominating the news, but read up on Mexico rewriting history. If their troops cross the border, would you still be a racist or branded a white supremacist for opposing them? Global boarding, border crossings ahead. So I'm not, uh, Turlock is often uh, feisty in his humor. Is Mexico the government actually making noises about that? I don't know. About we didn't cross the border. The border crossed, and I don't. I don't know. I think he's been uh, in his cups, as they say in Great Britain. Uh, Leah sent this along. It's a poster. It's a poster of a uh, oddly muscular, large woman throwing a javelin, and the headline is "Calling All Mediocre Males Women's Medals." Records, scholarships, and sponsorships are now up for grabs. Live your dream by ruining theirs. Calling mediocre male athletes to declare themselves women and win all the medals. So while we wrestle with problems like can uh, dudes start swimming against women and win all the races and whether or not that's okay, the old-fashioned world is continuing to do its thing where big countries take little countries. I just, I, I think... I think that all fits together in a weird way. Right, right. And uh, there's more on the whole Leah Thomas transgender athlete thing. We don't really have time for it. And also, uh, one of our beloved listeners has uh, laid out some stats that I've seen about Ukraine, but has beautifully compiled them about how important a country it is in terms of uh, economics and minerals and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we'll have uh, what's going on if you went to bed last night and missed the fact that a, a war has started in Europe. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, There was not a massive shock and awe campaign like some U.S. officials anticipated. Uh, There wasn't a devastating cyber attack. Uh, There there haven't been uh, the the beach assaults that uh, some people uh, uh, had been speculating. So it it seems at this stage that the the Russian military is still probing. It is knocking out communications. It is knocking out the the military's uh, ability to defend the country and launch a uh, a counterattack potentially. But... uh, the, the soldiers do believe that this is still uh, an early phase. Yeah, I'd say I really like Richard Engel, but uh, that report didn't make much sense to me. As I saw one former general or so many generals on TV say, um, uh, they're knocking out military installations. Then they're going to go in with cyber. Oh, I saw a cyber expert on Fox last night saying that all these attacks over recent weeks and months and maybe years have been getting into these systems and laying the groundwork for whatever they're going to do. And we'll know when they do it. But this military guy saying they're going to turn off the phones. They're going to turn off the credit card machines. People are going to go to the gas station and the pumps don't work. They're not going to be able to call anybody. If that's not shock and awe, I don't know what is. It's just a different kind of we're in a new world from 2003 when we blew the crap out of Baghdad. He could would that shock and awe you if you got up in the morning and you couldn't communicate with anybody and couldn't get gas for your car and there were Can't bombs turn on the TV and there whatever. were bombs falling. Yeah, that'd be shocking all, right? That's pretty well put. That's an eloquent point. Uh, I've also informed that, and man, welcome to modern warfare. Huge numbers of Ukrainian troops are getting calls and texts 
and their families and their parents are getting calls and texts uh, uh, suggesting strongly that they defect, that they save their lives. They're facing overwhelming force. Wow. Ro- Why commit suicide? Robo calls during a war from the other right. side. Junk text, spam text saying, hey, wow. you're going to die this afternoon. We're go- We're all about to learn in the next 24, 72 hours about what modern warfare is going to look like, I think. Well, and my understanding is some major cyber attacks have already begun. And, and as long as we're on the topic, we, NATO, the virtually the entire world except for China, is going to be condemning and sanctioning Putin and the oligarchs, blah, blah, blah. Their main pushback, their main bargaining tool is going to be crippling cyber attacks against the West. So, you know, I'd, I'd at least be half prepared for craziness happening here. I'm looking at pictures that are out of President Zelensky in full military gear in a in a one of the foxholes right there on the front lines with the troops trying to show his support you know he was encouraged by our president to leave the country he not only has not left the country he did leave kiev to go to the front lines and he's down in there with a helmet on and the flak jacket i you know it's a pretty interesting situation that this uh comedian turned president has been thrust into yeah, I'm reminded of the fact that Reagan was derided as an actor for years and years. Now, granted, he was the two-term governor of the most populous state in the Union, so that was always a tad hollow. But, you know, some men have greatness thrust, thrust upon them. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how Zelensky and his his term play out, if indeed his term lasts beyond, you know, this weekend. I was looking at a car yesterday, and um guy had an accent that I was buying the car from, and uh, I didn't think much of it. And I said, can I hear the stereo? And he put out on some music, and he said, uh, Russian music, of course. He said, I'm not from Russia, I'm from Ukraine. And he looked at me, and uh, I thought, well, okay, this is clearly the invitation for a conversation. And we ended up talking, sitting in his car, talking for like an hour about wow. Ukraine and Russia, uh, um, uh, not the car. And uh, he still has a thick Ukrainian accent. He's a software guy who got to be crazy rich he worked for netflix for like 12 years built that whole thing recently interviewed with elon in person oh so he's that kind of guy but wow. um uh he's pretty upset about this and he still has plenty of friends and family in ukraine he didn't yesterday afternoon when we were talking about this think putin was going to do it i texted him later last night and uh, he said i'm still in shock i can't believe this is happening um, and I left him alone because he's probably communicating with people. He he kept referring to back home, even though he's lived in the United States for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was talking about Zelensky. I asked him about Zelensky. He said, "Oh, he's he's a younger guy," and uh, he said, "I grew up watching him on TV. Yeah, he was one of my you know one of my heroes growing up." And wow. I'm getting the sense that this TV star was more like I was picturing. Because I kept hearing about the comedy troupe that Zelensky was in. I kept picturing like Will Ferrell or something like that as a. Uh, you know, an improv actor. But it sounds like he was more of a John Stewart type. Now, you could picture John Stewart getting elected president and a whole bunch of the country respecting his opinion, right? He sure. was a comedian, but he had a lot of heft um, politically. And I get the sense that Zelensky was like that, that he he played a president on TV. And as this Ukrainian dude I was talking to yesterday he said, he's incredibly funny. I mean, he's just hilarious. But he is very funny, but he made many strong points about the corruption of Ukraine and the government and all these different sorts of things. And a lot of people just believe in him for those reasons. Sure. More Bill Maher than uh, Jim Carrey. Bill Maher. (laughs) 
Jim Carrey a particularly good example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, give, that gives me a little better perspective on, you know, how Zelensky could be in the foxhole today wearing military garb and that be taken seriously and not mocked. Will right. Farrell or Jim Carrey in the foxhole would seem pretty crazy. Uh, John Stewart and Bill Maher, maybe not as much. So, yeah. right. You know, it's funny. Uh, you should say that. I was getting my hair cut yesterday, and the the other the other barber gal happened to be Ukrainian. I hadn't realized that. And uh, Mike, my guy, was kind of murmuring to me. Yeah, she's been on the phone like on and off all day, checking on her her loved ones in Ukraine and blah blah blah, and just checking news updates and stuff like that. And her customer actually finished up right around then, and she sat down in the chair and busted out her iPad and typed around and brought up a video feed and i'm like oh my god she's seeing what uh what's going on and uh you know whether her family's still there or whatever and then the uh, video feed pops up soap opera ukrainian soap opera <laughs> so she's gonna take in a little entertainment ah, past the time i get it so i asked this dude um because there's been this ongoing story of will the ukrainians actually fight the way they're saying and i'm i'm still not sure whether or not i think it's a good idea to go out there and die in front of a tank or lay back and be part of the underground resistance like you know we had against us in Iraq and various places where you you know you know what I'm going to do I'm going to spend the next several years of my life learning how to make these roadside bombs and kill as many of these effing russian soldiers as I can um that sort of resistance but anyway I asked this guy if they, he thinks the ukrainians will fight he said oh they'll absolutely fight so he said you oh, yeah. he said you can't believe how many guns we have on the streets i mean we've been a corrupt nation for a long time we've been at war for a long time uh other countries around the world have been flooding in weapons into this country forever you wouldn't believe how many weapons and what kind of weapons so many ukrainians have i i hadn't thought about that angle of it that's interesting he said and not just kalishnikovs like super high level Rifles and that sort of stuff that a lot of average people have illegally, but they have them. Well, and Zelensky put out the word, everybody grab a gun. Everybody is willing to grab a gun, grab one. Uh, you know, back to your, do you fight or do you wait? And That's, fight. It's, wait and fight. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, depending on where you are in your life. It also could be argued that Putin is old. His... Uh, Domestic support is not great. Maybe you wait six, eight years, and a more reasonable regime comes in in, in, in Moscow and wants to cut a big deal to modernize their economy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. On the other hand, if if most of us, and I'm, I'm talking to you folks now directly, most of us see some foreign power try to take the U.S. of A., by God, you know, the impulse to do something about it right now sure. is going to be really, really strong. And uh, to your point, I saw Richard Haas, Council on Foreign Relations, saying the biggest vulnerability Russia Putin has is dead Russian soldiers because that could turn the tide at home really quick. So the Ukrainian uh, position, he said, I realize this sounds harsh, but the Ukrainian position might be kill as many Russian soldiers as fast as you can to put Putin in a bad political spot. So maybe, maybe that's the uh, resist immediately. Angle. Which which brings me back to an angle I was exploring with Mike Lyons yesterday or the day before, and we're going to be talking to Mike uh, next hour. If you if you get that hour, if you don't or have to go to work or whatever, grab it via podcast later. But I was asking him whether whether or not Putin might, in effect, and sorry for the idiotic childhood metaphor, but he might get to the position where his forces are sitting on Ukraine's chest with Ukraine's arms pinned down, in effect, but not go 
to the full street by street, block by block blood fest that would, you know, gin up a, a great deal of, of uh, anger and, and unrest at home. And instead, being poised to devastate Ukraine makes all sorts of wild and, and completely unfair demands about the installation of a puppet regime, the dismantling of this, that, or the other, the independence of these regions, blah, 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 and back off before the true bloodbath begins. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Nobody knows. But wouldn't you say so far, uh, Putin has gone farther at every turn? The far end of speculation. At Worst every case turn. at every turn. So far. With yeah. his rhetoric, with his moves, with everything. I so far, agree. that's what he's done. And I, yeah, I was watching one of the reporters in Kiev last night saying, are we going to see modern war, urban warfare in front of our very eyes in this city? And I thought, holy crap, what will that look like? If they actually do roll in and try to hunt down all those politicians that we were talking about the last couple of days and arrest or kill Zelensky and people are fighting them in the streets. I mean, holy crap, imagine that. And that could be happening by tonight. Who knows? Hey, as long as we're discussing this, why don't we get uh, the clip 41, Michael, from Keir Simmons on MSNBC talking about uh, ordinary Russians. But I have to tell you, I have been out on the streets of uh, Moscow this morning to speak to ordinary Russians. Uh, they are stunned. Uh, they, many of them, uh, did not expect this, even despite the, the messaging uh, from the Kremlin. Really, there were people coming up to us to try and tell us how upset they were. It's a disaster. I don't approve it. I don't like it, and I don't want it to be like that at all. I'm scared. I'm scared of this situation because. Um, I'm afraid that something will happen here, and I'm afraid of people who live in Ukraine. You're afraid for them? Yes, I have uh, some relatives there, and I'm afraid of them. It's horrible, yeah. It's horrible. It's, it should be done by, by, by diplomatic way. Yeah, you know, man on the street interviews don't prove much. It's hard to say how widespread that sentiment is. They don't is, prove anything, and the follow-up to that, because I saw that, the follow-up to that was from the other commentators. Of course, those were English-speaking Russians who might have a completely different point of view than the rest of the population. So I find that to be 100% meaningless. While it might have been dramatic to listen to, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that means anything. Uh, I was in Russia for a week and a half, and I heard, like, one word of English. So there ain't many people that speak English. Uh, well, I couldn't find a human being. people in English, I think it's safe to assume lean westward at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Now, uh, the idea that uh, their economy collapses and uh, their energy prices go up and a whole bunch of Russian soldiers start dying could turn the tide. I certainly believe that. But uh, what the... There's polling inside of Russia that shows that there's great support for this. They're being fed all kinds of nonsense on the news all day, every day. So their view of what's happening is just, it's a fantasy land. So what well, and the polling Who's mean? doing the polling and, and what, what are the questions specifically? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's one thing that hasn't changed much. Is As much as the modern world is different than the old days, you still have no idea what's going on in an opaque country. The Dow has plunged, as you would expect. Um, I saw uh, predictions of, you know, economists and their predictions, but predictions of $6 gas in California within a week. So what is our will to fight in the United States? What will the political tide be in the United States if gas gets more expensive than anybody's ever seen in their life? Will most Americans all of a sudden go the direction of what the hell are we doing here? 
get out of his way or will we have resolve? I don't know what you think about that, but. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how getting out of the way would affect gas prices anyway. I'd have to think about that for a while, but, um, yeah, crazy times. Stop Gen- hitting him with, stop hitting the third biggest oil producer in the world with giant sanctions that doesn't allow to sell oil to anybody. Let him have Ukraine so our gas price goes back down. Oh, that sounds just terrific. Well, I'm not for it, but I just wonder what the political will will be when people go to the pump and see numbers they've never seen before. I have no idea. This is all new. Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. All right. We got something else we want to play. It's funny, but I just saw this. I'm a little concerned about the administration's uh, ability to handle this crisis. Here's former U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry on BBC this morning. The Ukraine crisis could distract the world from the climate crisis while having massive Ugh. emissions consequences. Here's a quote tweeted out by Stephen Ugh. Hayes of the Dispatch from John Kerry, former Secretary of State. I hope President Putin will help us with respect to what we need to do to stay on track with climate. Good Lord. Wow. These people are freaking crazy. Maybe you ought to mount your unicorn and throw the Easter Bunny at him. That'd get his attention. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Was that a sane, sentient human who said that? <sighs> anyway. so Holy crap. We uh, we have more on Ukraine next hour. Uh, it's uh, including more why it should matter in case you don't think it does. It does. Uh, and especially when you got Putin threatening nuclear war. Uh, but so this is from Tucker Carlson the other night. He uh, he doesn't seem to have a lot of respect for our vice president. Oh, that's that's concerning. He he he, 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 he this is a little long. I think you'll enjoy it. He plays a little of Kamala Harris and then gets into her uh, her abilities. We still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening, although open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect we believe has merit. Got that? Take a breath and let it sink in. Here it is again. Quote, we have agreed that the deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, We still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. And within the context, then, of the fact that the window is still opening, still open, although it is absolutely narrowing, but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open, the deterrence effect, we believe, has merit. Well, of course it has merit. The only question is, what the hell are you talking about? And the answer is Kamala Harris has no real idea what she's talking about. She can't even point to the direction of what she's talking about. Her mouth opens and predigested chunks of language come tumbling out in no particular order. You can just imagine Vladimir Putin's reaction to all of this when an aide drops a translated transcript of Kamala Harris's remarks on his desk. The Slavic mind is a hall of mirrors. It sees traps at every intersection. Clearly, Kamala Harris must be setting some sort of trap for the Russians here. Her words don't make sense, but she can't possibly be dim and childish. America is a superpower. It would never put a senile man and an imbecile in charge of the country. On the other hand, maybe so. 
Wow. <laughs> and that's senile old man and an imbecile. Sure, senile old man and an imbecile are in charge. Words tumble out of her mouth in no particular order. <laughs> Spitting up pre-digested chunks of language in no particular order. And, Good lord. And so when Putin... Seriously, though, when Putin, if he ever hears her speeches, has to think, what the hell is she talking about? And then when he sees that the previous Secretary of State, John Kerry, is worried about emissions from this, he's got to think, okay, this is going to be easy. Wow. Wow. You know, in China, China was just uh, shining lasers at Australian aircraft from one of their battleships or some sort of naval ship. A period of testing has begun. Obviously, Putin has moved beyond the mere testing into the implementing plans, but it is absolutely clear that uh, uh, the various uh, capitals of the evildoers around the world, the the order has gone forth, forth, let's go. Let's do this. Let's start. So we're deploying U.S. Army soldiers in the 82nd Airborne to the border with Ukraine in Poland. Um, NATO is moving more troops around in Eastern Europe. Who knows how the possibly crazy, paranoid Putin reacts to that? If he actually starts to believe he's being invaded or surrounded? I don't know. He hinted at nuclear weapons uh, earlier today. Does he get more direct? Who knows? Uh, we'll stay on top of it. It's a damned interesting story. Our, um, if you miss an hour of the podcast, you can grab it anytime you want at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.